Glad that you all decided to come and join. I love settings like this because it gives me the opportunity to kind of, um, I guess, do more of my teaching ministry and kind of just uh, kind of dive in a little, little, little deeper. But I was, I was having a, a phone call with, uh, with a member of my board. Uh, I have a nonprofit. I just, we just started a nonprofit organization uh, called the Hearth Room, the Hearth Room. Um, and I actually got the name from where you guys know as the well. Um, that used to be called the Hearth Room. But when they changed the name, I stole it. So, <laughs> um, uh, so I decided to, to, to start, a, to start a, a nonprofit. And I was on the phone with them. And I was like, man, my, my, my philanthropist spirit is, is kind of coming out a little bit. I want to I be able to do something uh, for individuals who uh, truly engage and are, are, are a part of the process that is going on here at Central. So I was talking to one, one, of, my, one of my board members. They was like, OK, just get, get some stuff away. We, we always can use write-offs. I was like, get some stuff away. Like what? Um, what, what, what? What do we have to offer that we can give college kids? Um, and she, she was like, cash, money? I was like, oh, OK, yeah, OK, cool, cool, OK, OK. So since you guys came back tonight, I'm about to do something a little crazy. I'm about to give away. $200. My, well, I'm not, my nonprofit is about to give away $200, all right? Um, so here's the thing. Four people is going to win $50. Oh, see, see look, you said, oh, I want the whole two. Look, just stingy, just, just greedy, stingy. <laughs> but... But you know, uh, fifty dollars—that I mean—that that that would have bought me a lot of ramen noodles when I was here at college. All right. So here's what you got to do. Here's what here's what we're going to do. All right. Since this is part of Engage, I'm I'm, I'm gonna throw some trivia out. But you're not gonna answer me right now. No, no, no. This, this is how we're gonna do it. Part of the process, a part of this partnership, is that you have to go to my organization's IG. Yeah. And follow us. It is. It is at the hearth room. The hearth room? The H-E-A-R-T-H room. All right? Follow. At the hearth room. It should be like an A with a flame. The H-E-A-R-T-H. All right, so once you follow, and if you choose to keep following, that's up to you. Uh, you can kind of figure out what we do. We're, we're a nonprofit based, based in, we, what we do is we, we, we focus on arts and culture, ministry, art, and culture, all right? So if you like, if you like to act, if you like dancing, if you like, um, that's what we focus on, all right? Um, and we do that through discipleship, all right? It's, really, it's a real cool organization. Um, we'll be doing like short films and put them on YouTube and different things like that. All right, so here's what you got to do, all right? I'm going to throw out a trivia question. I'm not going to look at now, but whoever answers it first and puts it in and direct messages us and answers with the correct answer, all right, the first four people, all right, will be the, win the 50. And, I'm, and you have to have Cash App or Venmo because that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> all right? All right. All right, we're going to do this real quickly. Then I'm going to get into what we're getting into tonight, all right? Here's the question. Here's the question. Here's the question. Here's the question. Who was Jesus' ministry funded by? I don't care how you found the answer. Just find the answer. Who was Jesus' ministry funded by? All right? Direct message us, and let's get into it. All right. Whoever's the first four to get it right, you'll get a message from um, the person who runs our social media page and all that and, and, and so forth. All right. So, so let's get into it. I know you guys are focused, but let, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I probably should do that afterwards now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it. But anyways, um, tonight I want to talk about, we've been in, we've been in um, something called the Anchor Series, all right? Because that's your theme for today, the Anchor Series, right? So there's five areas 
that I want you to be anchored in um, um, as, as you go on, uh, go on throughout this year. All right, the first one is anchored in, your faith, anchored in your faith. We talked about that this morning, being anchored in your faith, right? All right, anchored in your fruitfulness, what we we're going to talk about tonight. Anchored in your fellowship, which we're going to talk about tomorrow morning when we deal with relationships. You don't want to miss tomorrow morning because I'm going, we're going to talk about relationships for real, for real. All right, for real, for real, about how fellas, how get what you like, and and and, and how to stop, you know, dating dummies and things like things of that nature. We're gonna really get into it. All right, all right. So so, but also the other one, another one is uh, anchored in your in your what I say fellowship, anchored in your faithfulness. All right, and the last one's anchored in your focus. All right. So just a quick recap from this morning. In order to anchor your faith, there's three things you got to do. You have to eliminate excuses, right? Eliminate excuses. You have to embrace the process, and you have to uh, empty yourself. Empty yourself. Allow, allow God to come in. Allow God to work on you um, uh, and your faith, all right? And I, I submit a challenge to you. Fifteen minutes tonight, only 15 minutes, engage with the scripture of Jeremiah when I talked about the potter and the clay for those who were here or those who watched, all right? It's, it's about five scriptures. Engage in that. Pray into that. What does it mean for God to have his hand on your life, all right? So tonight we're going to get into the uh, anchored fruitfulness, all right? Anchored fruitfulness. And I'm going to uh, read this passage of scripture that comes out of, um, comes out of John, John 15, all right? If my iPad loads faster. Okay, it's not loading. So what I'm going to do is use my phone. I apologize. All right. John 15, John 15, starting at verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser or in other translations says gardener, all right? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, all right? So that it will bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that which I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus talking, all right? Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit, of itself unless it, it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. All right? Now, there's another passage that I want to deal with, and it comes from Galatians. Because many of you are like, okay, fruit, bearing fruit, what do you mean? What exactly is fruit? All right? What are you talking about? But there's something called the fruits of the Spirit. So when I talk about fruit, that's what I'm alluding to, the fruits of the Spirit. When you deal with the fruits of the Spirit, you're dealing with growth. All right? We're dealing with growth. So, it says in Galatians, it says in Galatians, but if, oh, start the wrong verse. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, starting in the second verse, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. All right? Um, everything in the kingdom, everything in the kingdom operates out of certain laws of, of seed time and harvest. All right? Uh, seed time and harvest. All right, there are three laws that govern fruit bearing as it pertains to seed time, time and harvest. The first one is laws operate whether you believe them or not. Laws operate whether you believe them or not. So whether you believe the sky is blue, it doesn't matter. The sky is still blue. All right? The second law is they operate, they operate whether you're aware of them or not. So whether you're aware of it or not, Laws are still operating. Things, things that God has set into motion, set into place, are still operating. The last one is they operate regardless of what kind of seeds you sow. 
when I talk about seed and fruit bearing, all right, when I talk about seed and fruit and bearing, what I mean is the things that you give off, what you sow into the earth, what you sow into, what you sow into the life of other people, what you, what you allow to be sown into your life. There's three guarantees of planting seed as it pertains to fruit bearing. The first is seed always produces after its own kind. I'm going to stop there. Let's talk about that for a second. Seed always produces after its own kind. I, when, when young people, young people like you, they come to me and they ask me for um, uh, relationship advice or things like that or when they're, when they're struggling with something. And I had a young lady before. She said, my boyfriend is so dumb. And I said, wait. I said, your boyfriend is so dumb. I said, you're putting that, you're putting that, into, the, you're putting that into the earth. You're putting that into the air. Yeah, he's, I don't care. He's dumb. He's stupid. Okay, well, if he's dumb and stupid, you are too because he's a reflection of your intelligence. You chose him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and hold, and hold on, hold on. Hold, I'm not, no, this is not a, a them against her type of thing. No, we ain't doing that tonight. We're not doing that tonight. I was just using a, I was just using a general example to make my point. So don't, don't go back to the door and say, hey, did you hear what Luke Collins said? Uh-huh. That's not what we're doing here. No, but, but, but seed will, all, will always, after, it always comes after its own kind. Yeah, yeah, if you, if you plant an apple seed, you're going to get apples. If you plant a peach seed, you're going to get peaches, right? So whatever you plant into the earth, whatever you say, whatever you sow into um, your relationships, uh, sow into, whatever you sow into your, uh, even, you, many of you in, are, in here are athletes, Right, right. Many, 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 many of Central's uh, student body is athletes. Whatever you sow into your team, if if you have a um, a um, a span of three losses or whatever, it's like, man, we just ain't that, we just ain't that good. Or you start saying stuff like that. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. So you have to be careful what you sow because seed will always produce after its own kind. The second guarantee: this, these are guarantees. You can't put. Like I said, you can't put an apple seed in the ground and get peaches. That's not how it works. All right? The second guarantee, you reap in proportion of what is sown. You reap in proportion of what is sown. I don't know why. I always end up on relationships. Okay, I gave that example, so I'm going I'm to I'm do one for the, for the guys. I just end up on relationships because that's what flows out of me. I'm just, I just what I deal with when I deal with young people. And so that's a lot of the examples that I have. Okay. Okay, fellas, if, if you try to get a young lady and, the, and you buying flowers at first, taking her out on dates, you know, whining and dining her, when you get her, that can't stop. <laughs> because, <laughs> because what you did, what you did to sow into her, you're reaping in proportion of what you sown. So now, to keep that harvest, what do you have to do? Continue, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Put you up on game. All right. This is why I love these settings. They get a little bit. It gets more interactive. All right. But this, this, but but that but that's the second guarantee. The second guarantee. The second guarantee of seed time and harvest is that you will reap in proportion of what is sown. Right. The third guarantee. The condition of the soil can influence the fruit it bears. Think about that. The condition of the soil can influence the seed that's the fruit that is supposed to be bearing. What do I mean by that? What do you mean by that, Luke? Make that make sense. Okay. If there's a reason why when you're going through life trials, it feels like you're being buried. Because being buried and being planted looks the same. But here's the difference. When, you, when something is dead, it gets covered with dirt. When something is planted, it gets covered with soil. Soil is living. So many times in your life, you think that I'm just, I, I, God is taking me through a bunch of different stuff, and, and it feels like he's just, he's not there for me. I'm, I'm going through this. I had to go through that. 
uh, uh, I can't seem to, I'm having financial issues or, or my family is having issues, whatever the case may be, and it feels like God is not listening. So it feels like you're dying on the inside. It feels like you're being buried by a bunch of life's trials when really God has planted you because out of all that you're going to grow and a ministry is going to come out of everything that you've gone through. But you can't see that because being buried and being planted looks the same. All right? But the guarantee is that so, but so that's why you have to understand that the condition of the soil, what is the condition of the soil? The condition of the soil is your, your, your mind, your state of mind while you're going through some of the things you're going through. If the soil of my mind is not life, so if I'm going through life's issues and it's woe is me, any psychology majors in here? Okay, you'll hear, you'll hear this term probably throughout the course of your coursework here. It's called learned helplessness, all right? It's called learned helplessness. It's, it's the idea that, that I've been through so much that anything that can go wrong in my life will go wrong in my life. So what happens is, I, if I say I'm a failure, I then behave like a failure, which yields failure results, which concretize and confirms the fact that I'm a failure because I started there. Right? So, so if, I, if, if, I, if I say that, if I apply for a job, and I say, you know what, I'm applying for a job, but I know I'm not going to get it. What you're doing is you're going into the interview expecting not to get the job, so you're not bringing your best. Then that yields the result of you not getting the job. So just so you can say, you know what, I knew I wasn't going to get the job. That's where we have to be careful of. Learned helplessness. All right? Learned helplessness. It's a cycle that we create because of things that happened in our life, and we can't seem to get past it, all right? So in this passage, Jesus, Jesus paints a picture of what growth looks like. Whenever we say fruit-bearing, whenever I say fruit-bearing, that means it's synonymous with growth, all right? When you bear fruit, you're, you're, you're growing. You're growing as an individual. You're growing as a Christian. You're growing as a person of faith. You're growing as um, um, in whatever sphere that you're in. You're bearing fruit, so you're growing, all right? So whenever you, whenever you think of, I have to bear fruit, that means you just have to grow in a certain area of your life. I have to bear fruit in this area of my life, all right? So Jesus, in, in, verse, in chapter 15, he paints this picture of how um, God is the, is, is the true vine. Or Jesus is the true vine, and God is the gardener, right? Here's the interesting thing about that passage. Here's the interesting thing about that passage is that when Jesus is talking, he never says to bear fruit. If you go back and read it, he never says to bear fruit. He says, stay connected to the vine. What does that mean? What, what, what are you saying? What was he saying? He said, okay, anybody who knows anything about agriculture, if you grew up on a farm, if, you, if, you, if you're studying agriculture, whatever, you don't, to, you don't have to force fruit on a healthy vine. A healthy vine will bear fruit on its own, right? That's why the Bible says that he prunes. That word prune means that he cuts off things that, that will be a hindrance to you growing. Let's really deal with that because some of you guys need to step up your cutoff game. There's some people you need to cut off that's holding you back from growth. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's just as good as an amen in my book. <laughs> so, so, some, some, of you, some of you need to need to step up your cutoff game. Now, I, I will admit, I wasn't necessarily good at this. And, and I'm going to share a story with you. Uh, if you if you hear earlier, you know I, I grew up in a certain environment. And when I came to Central, really, really when I got my life together, when I came to Central and I, and I found my faith around my junior year, end of my junior year, I went back home, and I looked different to the people I hung out with, because the people I hung out with when I was back home were still smoking weed, they were still drinking, they were still doing things that, that, really, I, that really I was trying to at the time, I had not conquered it, but I was trying to just kind of um, leave alone, at least for the most part, all right? Um, so, so for me, when they, when they would call, when I went back home, they would call, hey man, are you coming to the function? So-and-so going to be there? I'll be like, nah man, I, I ain't going to be able to make it. 
They'll call me the next day. Man, you back in town, dude? Come on, come, you know, come down to Crenshaw, man. We, we kicking it up here at the, at the spot. Nah, man, I'm going to just kick it with my, with my family, you know. Here. So, so there was a point where I, I was in the mall with my, with my sister, I believe, and I ran into some of my homeboys. They was like, man, you, it's been like a week. You ain't, you ain't hollered at us. You ain't come and, you know, and kicked it with us or whatever, man. You done went, you done went to that school and, and changed up on us. Man, just because you, you got, got a little something now, you, you, you done changed up on us. Now, initially, I, that, that, that hurt me because I'm going to talk about something tomorrow morning called approval addiction and how sometimes you can, you want the approval of everybody around you, your friends, your family, your coaches, your teammates, your, your, the person you're dating and all that, that you'll, 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 you'll sacrifice things about yourself to meet the needs of other people. And I call that approval addiction. Because, because you're so addicted to people wanting you around. You're so addicted to people want, want, wanting to feel like they need you. So that's why it hurt so bad when he said that, because I was dealing with, I, I struggled with rejection my whole life. Yeah, dad rejected me, was rejected by, and <laughs> now I can laugh about it, but I was always that real dark kid in school. You know, I was... I was You feel me? I was like, so I, I caught all the jokes. I caught, I caught all the jokes in school. I caught all the jokes. So that, that did something to me. You know, I, 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 I had self-esteem issues. I had self-esteem issues. Right? So I carried that for years. And it created approval addiction because I wanted to be liked so bad. I wanted to be wanted so bad. So... As the story goes, I, I, I just stopped going. I didn't say nothing to him. I said, man, you know, it ain't like that. And then a few years later, when I matured, when I had grown, when I began to bear my own fruit, right, I went back, and another friend said the same thing. Man, you stopped kicking it with us a few years ago and this, that, and the other. This time I had a, a response. I said, you know what? So-and-so said the same thing to me a couple years back. But you know what? The reason I have what I have today, the reason that I'm successful is the, the reason I'm successful today is because it's because I left. Because I went and made some of myself. You're not going to make me come down to a level just because you feel that I changed up on you. As a matter of fact, I did change up on you, and it's wonderful. Because that means I've grown. That's what I'm talking When I say don't leave here, leave Central the way you came in, that's what I'm talking about. You may not be sold out for Christ. You may not be, you know fists in the air, pumping, uh, Jesus freaks and all that. But you're more mature. You've grown. You handle situations differently. You don't pop off when somebody says something you don't like. But, what is, but, but sometimes you have to separate yourself from people and issues and things. You have to, you have to, cut your, you have, to have a good cutoff game. All right? So when the Bible says he prunes you, that means God will cut some stuff off of your life that doesn't need to be there. But here's the problem that we have, is that when he's trying to cut stuff off, we keep going back, grabbing it. Yeah, I had that issue in relationships. I kept going back to individuals who kept hurting me. I kept, I kept befriending people who didn't have my best interests at heart. People who said, man, I'm down for you. I'm your ride or die and all that. But they only, it was only convenient when they needed something. That when I was going through my depression, none of them called on me. None of, here's, here's how you know you got real friends. Here's how you know. It's when you can hang out and talk to somebody so much, when things ain't right, they notice it without even telling you, without you even telling them. It's like, you know what? We need to go check on, on Lisa. I know she is something, something weird about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so because people who hang around you long enough, they know when something is not right. But you have to be willing to grow. You have to be willing to get to that place. All right. So, so that w- the three guarantees, the three guarantees. I'm gonna review these again. C will always produce after its own kind. 
you reap a proportion of what is sown, the condition of the soil can influence the fruit that it bears. All right? So let's talk about, let's talk about some non-negotiables of being anchored in fruit bearing. You can't blame the soil. I want to make sure I read this right, how I wrote it. You can't blame the soil for your lack of growth if other people are producing fruit from the same soil. I'm going to say that again. You can't blame the soil for your lack of growth if other people are producing fruit, are growing from the same soil. What do I mean by that? Central is a metaphor for soil. You, can't, you cannot say, you know what? I'm coming to Central and I'm not learning anything. When there's individuals here at Central who's thriving at learning. You can't say, I can't grow at Central when there's individuals here who are choosing to grow. If you take the B out of blame, what word does that become? Blame. Which means you're crippling yourself by always blaming something else or somebody else. The more, the more you continue to blame, the more you continue to cripple yourself. It's always somebody else's fault. You can't blame the soil. Maybe it's not the soil, but it's the stubborn seed. It's quiet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not the soil, it's the stubborn seed. Maybe it's not where you've been planted. Maybe it's you're refusing to take the necessary, necessary steps to get to the next phase of your life. And here's the thing, the quicker you get to purpose, the quicker you walk into some money. What do I mean by that? I said this morning, purpose is the answer to a problem, right? So there's a problem that you're supposed to solve in the earth, all right? But here's the thing, if you're like Joseph, you charge for it. I know many probably don't know that story about the, uh, the famine. There was a problem in Egypt where there was a famine, all right? Joseph became an official, and he said, you know what? We have to, we have to store up for seven years of famine. We're going to have seven years of harvest, but there's going to be seven years of famine, all right? But here's what we're going to do. We're going to store up this, during the seven years of harvest, and then when the seven years of famine come, we're not just going to give it away. We're going to charge for it. Joseph's, one, part of Joseph's purpose, besides um, uh, bringing his, his brothers into the knowledge of who he really was, was to also be an be a instrument for Egypt and an instrument for Israel at the same time. What, is, what are you here for? If you don't decide to grow, you will never figure out what your purpose is. If you decide that you're just going to be apathetic, I'm just here for athletics, I'm just here to get my degree, and then I'm going to go do my thing. You're setting yourself up to, be, to, to, to live, to, to live a, a life that is un, that, that is, that is a lack of, that's lacking potential, that you don't, you don't realize, you don't walk into your full potential. I'll put it that way. Because your full potential is lived out in John 10.10. John 10.10 10 says, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you may have life and that abundantly. Not just to have life, but that abundantly. So what am I saying? You don't grow, or here's the thing. Here's what, grow, here's what growth and fruit bearing is not. For those, who are, for those who are sound in your faith, there's some of you who are sound in your faith. You grew up in church. Um, you know, and you, you're pretty sound. You, you, you have, a, you have a, a, a strong faith background, all right? Here, but here's what, here's what fruit bearing is not. There's a great book by Dallas Willard called The Great Omission, and he, ta- and he alludes to this. God, Jesus did not come just for, Jesus did not come to die just so you can stop cussing. Jesus did not come just for you to stop sinning. Jesus did not come just so you could have behavior modification. Jesus came so that you may have life and that abundantly. 
80% of Jesus' teaching is out on how to live, not on sin. Because he understood, I've come for sin. I, there's, there's grace for sin. But if I can get them to live right, they won't have to worry about sinning so much. That comes out of fruit bearing, growth. So I'm going to do something here real quick. I'm going to go through the, the fruits of the Spirit. I'm going to, we're going to brush through these real quick. And I, and I appreciate your time. I appreciate your attention. Um, because I see some of you are locked in. And I appreciate that. And those who are locked in, you're going to reap what you sow. You sow the energy of walking over here. Listen, if you walk over here and you sat down, you might as well listen. Thank you, my brother. Right? So, so let's run through some of the fruits of the Spirit, what that looks like. All right? Um, so the first fruit of the Spirit is love. The, the word love there more or less means charity. All right? Uh, what does it mean to love? What, figure out which, which fruit that you struggle with the most and then pray into that in your private time. Deal with that in your private time. So one of the fruits of the Spirit, one of the ways we need to grow is learning how to love one another. And I'm going to go here briefly because I believe it's, it's necessary um, for 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 this in particular, and I want to be clear here that I'm not, I'm not necessarily choosing a side or anything like that, but we have an unrest going on in our country right now. Yeah, there, there's, there's, we have, I mean, I'm just call it what it is. I, I know me, I'm, I'm, I'm real with it. We have Black Lives Matter going on versus um, which, Blue Lives Matter, whatever you, want to, whatever you want to say, Blue Lives Matter or or the police and racial tensions and all that. We have all that going on right now, right? What does love look like in our current state? The thing about it is we can't see it enough to even give an answer to it. Despite what, what you believe about it, just despite what your opinions are about it, all right, it ought to do something to you when you see a person suffer any kind of injustice. I'm speaking for me. If I, if, I, if, I, if I see the same thing that happened to a white man happen to what happened to Jacob Blake, I'm outraged. And the fact that there's individuals who cannot love a person enough to understand or love a group of people enough to stand with them is it's scary, it's damaging, it's dangerous. Because that shows how divided we are. Where there's individuals out there who'll make excuses for things that's just right and wrong. Where there's individuals out there who'll, who'll politicize right and wrong. So what does love look like? Jesus is clear about how we deal with injustice. He, he clear. It's clear. Read the story of the Good Samaritan. The story of the Good Samaritan goes, okay, there was, there was a person um, who was beat, battered, and bruised. The Levite and the priest walked past them. But it was a Samaritan, a person who wasn't even supposed to, to interact with the man, was the one who took him, care for, care for him, and bandaged his wounds. What does love look like in our unrest, our certain time? Whether you understand it all or not, when something is clearly wrong, you show the love of a good Samaritan. I don't understand your plight. I don't get it. You, I mean, I, I, educate me, help me learn so I understand. But you know what? Since I don't understand, all I can do is love you through it. And maybe, I, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get some some training, some love, I mean, some, some learning as I begin to love you and we begin to have these conversations. But instead, we'll fight on social media. We'll go back and forth. So what does love look like? The next time you see a post, 
from even one of your own people, one, and, you, and, you, and you're like, you know what, that's, that's not cool. That's not cool. How do you show love in that moment? What are you going to write? What are your twi Twitter fingers going to post in that moment? How do we get to a place of love through a time of unrest? That has nothing to do with your political opinion. That has nothing to do with, with, with anything. That, ha that, that has everything to do with you just being a follower of Christ and loving God and his people. That when you see something wrong, you say, you know what? That's wrong. And, and I got your back. All right? So love is the first, fruit of the Spirit. Joy is the second one. Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. Um, the thing, of the, the thing of, I'm going to just say real quickly about joy is that it's, I believe that you need to practice it. Because when you practice having joy, when you practice finding the joy in a bunch of in, in, in various things in your life, um, it becomes natural. It becomes natural. So when things so when so when things break off in your life, when you're going through trials and, and, and situations and, and bad times, you learn to find the joys of it. Ephesians talks about um, uh, whatever it's, I'm kind of kind of quoting and summarizing. I mean, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, think on those things. All right. So that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a part of having joy, is when you're thinking on the things, even though you're going through hard times. All right? Another one is peace. It's peace. Paul talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. He said, there's a peace out there that I can't even explain to you how to get it. You just have it. But you don't get it unless you're anchored, unless you're connected to the vine, unless you're attached to the vine. Unless you abide in me, as Jesus says, and his word abides in you. All right? Patience. Who struggles with patience? patience this, is, this is mine. This is mine. If, I, if I'm being honest, patience is my, is, my, um, is my Achilles heel. Because I'm such a go-getter, I want things now. I want it done now. I want it, you know, and, and sometimes I, I could get ahead of myself and I, and I make moves that I shouldn't make because I was being impatient. So, so patience is one. Patience is the, is the highest order of discipline. It takes, and if you, want, if you want to strengthen your discipline, learn how to be patient. Athletes, maybe you're at, maybe, I'm going to call it what it is, because I, I was at, at one point I was in this situation. Maybe you are, You're trying, you're, you, you want to be the, you're trying to start, or you want to be in the rotation of the varsity, of the varsity squad, of a game, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be, all right? And you're working hard, you're in the gym, on the field, you're getting your drills in, you're getting your, you're getting your shots up, you know, um, um, you're, you're, you're studying the playbook, and it seems like, man, a coach is not paying attention. I can't. I can't get no, I can't get no time. I can't get no clock. You know, like what is, I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to, you know, um, does he even, does he or she even know what they're doing? Like I'm putting in the work. There was an individual that I played with by the name of Kristen Goosby. He, I mean, he, he was the hardest working player I've ever played with. But there's certain, there are certain aspects of the game he struggled with, so he didn't get a lot of time, but he was the hardest working, but he can shoot the ball. I mean, he can shoot lights out. It's just memorization of plays and things like that. He just wasn't catching. So we're in a situation in, a, in, one, of, in one of the tournaments where we are just dead. Like, we have two of our main guys foul out, two of our main guards. We just, we're in a tight place. It's a tight game, too. And we go, and we go to the, the final. We end up going, this, this win would send us to the final four of the, the NCCAA tournament, um, the Christian tournament. And we are just in a, a I mean, we we're in the pickle. Calls on Christian. 
And Christian comes in. We're down probably eight. Right off the bat, hits three big-time three-pointers, back to back to back. All right? They come down, score again. They go back up by three. Christian comes down again, hits another big three-pointer. They come down, they match us. Christian comes and hits another big three-pointer. Guess who sealed the game for us? Christian. This was his senior year. He had not seen clock like that his whole, his whole, his whole career. And he, he was here four years. Why do I say that? Because the time he put in, the frustration he had, it was building growth in him that God wanted to use at the right time. I say that you don't know what, when God is going to use the growth that, that, that you're building within yourself. You don't know when your story is going to help somebody off the ledge of something. You don't know when um, you put in the work of praying where God is going to have you pray for somebody and it's going to alter their total trajectory in their life. Your responsibility is, though, is to pray and, allow, and to be patient until God walks you into your purpose. Because he will. Because the Bible said God watches over, watches over his word to make sure it comes to pass. What that means is that since we all have purpose, he watches over the purpose that he set in you to make sure you get to your, uh, your intended destination for your life. Our job is to make sure that we're making the right decisions on the way to that purpose. I have no doubt in my mind that I'm supposed to be a spiritual leader. Doesn't mean I'm supposed to be a pastor, but I have no doubt in my mind I'm supposed to be a spiritual leader. Years ago, I could never, I would have never, never envisioned it. Never. Couldn't really stand church, to be honest. And the thing is, I didn't have a problem with God. I just had a problem with God's people. I didn't go to church because I had a problem with the people and the way they treated um, my family in the past. So that's what I, that's why I gave it up. But it took God honing me, the fruit, the seeds that people were planting, planting in me while out here at Central. The people that were praying for me. And here, oh, I'm going into some, some of my other, my other sessions, and I don't want to, but don't dishonor somebody else's seed that they plant into you. Don't waste it. If somebody is taking the time to mentor you, to pour into you, don't slap them in the face by not growing, by not choosing to grow. Because you just wasted their time. Because there's somebody they could have they been mentoring during that time who's took, who took that potential and did something with it. That was the scariest thing for me, is that the time that Larry Anderson put into my life, the time that Chris Smith put into my life, the time that Tony Romero put into my life, Lenny Favara, the Wilcox, the time that they poured into me, what would, what would have been the use if I left here Central and I ended up in jail somewhere? I just wasted the seed. Don't waste the seed, all right? So peace, patience, kindness. Do I really have to talk about this? All right, all right? Be kind to one another. Be kind. Be kind to one another, all right? Goodness, faithfulness. I'm going to deal with faithfulness in another session, so I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a kind of uh, grace over that. Gentleness. Be, be, be gentle with each other. So if, if you disagree with somebody, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to give them a piece of your mind every time. Be gentle. That used to be me. If you, if you, if you said something to me the wrong, it, it really was more on the, the basketball court my, my freshman and sophomore year. If one of my teammates tried to correct me or something, I would go, man, don't be telling me. I know what I'm doing. Yada, yada. But now if I get corrected and maybe I don't like it or I don't think it's right, I'm, I'm okay. I feel you on that, but 
You probably could have said that this way. Just be gentle with people. Be gentle. And the last one is self-control. The last one is self-control. Um, this one, th- this fruit of the Spirit is pivotal to the growth of an individual who is struggling with a in particular addiction or in particular issue. And when I say, and we, we love to talk about, you know, um, money, sex, and rock and roll. We love to talk about, you know, people being addicted to sex and drugs and alcohol. Um, but you can, be, you can be addicted to the wrong people. Yeah. You can, you can be addicted to, like I talked about a little bit earlier, uh, approval addiction. One people always like you. You could be addicted or have an issue of lying all the time. Where it's better for you to, to thwart the truth than, than to just be honest. So whatever self-control, whatever issue that you need to hone, maybe that's the one you need to focus on this year while you're at Central. There's nine there. Everybody is not good in all nine of those. There's one of those you can pick out and say, this year, I'm going to focus on being more patient. This year, I'm going to focus on being more faithful. This year, I'm going to focus on loving people a different way. This year, I'm going to focus on not being so grumpy all the time and trying to have some joy. Because ain't nothing like being around a person who's got a stank attitude all the time. Just people that are just mad for no reason. Every time I think of that, I think of like, I don't know if I remember Cat Williams. And he used to have stand-up. He was like, man, you wake up mad at bacon. Like, just, like, I, 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 there's people, there's people out there like that who's just, they're just mad all the time. Maybe that's, maybe that's you. That's something you need to work on. Where people don't like being around you. All right? So here's, here's, a, here's another challenge for you as we begin to close this session, is that I want you to, either tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever, find a, one of the fruits of the Spirit. There's nine there. And choose, because it's all a choice, choose to be better in that area. Choose to be better in that area. Maybe, maybe you're, Let's say with patience, maybe you're not, you have patience, you're just not patient in certain areas. So maybe like, okay, you're not patient with your parents. You know, you feel like your parents just work on your last nerve. You're like, they always own me about something. Maybe one of the goals this year is focusing on engaging and focusing on just being more patient with them, patient with your siblings. Patient with your coaches, patient with your teammates, patient with your teachers, patient with your RDs. All right? So before we wrap up, before I pray us out, I mean, um, just a reminder that I will, I'm going to make sure whoever uh, is doing the, who runs our social media, I'll make sure they'll look at it and all that, whatever, and then we'll notify that person and we'll uh, DM you back and ask for your cash app if you won, if you have one, or Venmo, whatever. Um, and also, really, if you, even if you was like, okay, I've been to two of these things, dude, you boring, I don't like you, whatever. Tomorrow morning, I think it'd be, it's pivotal for everybody who peeks in from, from peripheral. I think if you've ever struggled, here's the thing, if you've ever struggled with relationships, been heartbroken, haven't been in a healthy relationship before in your life, don't know what it's like to be in a healthy relationship in your life, struggle with relationships with friends and family, you just don't, you just, you just don't like people. Make sure you're listening tomorrow. Make sure you're here because I think I have some things that can help you. I'm talking about relationshiping your relationships when we deal with um, in, in, in being anchored in fellowship. Because fellowship, when, I'm, when I say fellowship, I just mean in your relationship one to another. 
and romantic relationships and things of that nature. All right. Um, I think it's I think it's going to help you a lot. And I'm going to get pretty. Um, I told John and uh, Elijah. I said I'm I'm really real, and I can I can go Bible and give you Bible. I give you a little bit more Bible tonight, but this but this is for those who like more of you come and you want more. I'll give you that. Tomorrow is a different kind of platform, and I, and I believe I have to be a lot more practical. So you're going to hear me talk about some stuff that maybe you never heard a preacher say in a church before. Respectfully, obviously. But I'm going to, I'm go, I'm going to deal, deal heavily with soul ties. If you don't know what a soul tie is, you'll find out tomorrow. About how you can't have a healthy relationship because maybe... There's two or three people in between you guys because you slept with them. How, fellas, pornography messes up your intimate relationships when you get married because you're expecting your wife to be freaky Susan that you was looking at for five years. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not coming to play tomorrow morning. I'm not. Y'all, 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 want, y'all want real, y'all gonna get real. Because we're dealing with a generation who does not care who they sleep with, does not care who they date, stuff they put on, on social media, and like stuff we had, we had to work hard for. Pictures and stuff we had to work hard for when I was in high school. It's right there at the click once you, once you open up Instagram. And that affects relationships. Being hurt, rejected by family members. Those you may have daddy issues that affects relationships. Being molested, assaulted, that affects relationships. And I'm going to try to tell you how to get some healing tomorrow morning, if that's you. So peek in. But right now, I want to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another, we thank you for another time here. Uh, we just ask that you be with us and continue to uh, pour into these students, those who really want it, those who are emptying themselves these next three days. And God, we just love you for all that you're doing in their life. Be with them. Engage with them in their time of prayer and, and worship to you, God. We love and we honor you for all that you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.